I remember Chandler walking into Walmart with you and being like, so what are you going to say? How are you going to try to return this? You're listening to Pop Apologists. This week, we dig into the deep joy that returning brings us. The shameful items we've returned in the past, like the one time I returned a used tarp to Walmart, which housewives closet we'd raid, and which ones we'd burn straight to the ground. Oh, and that one time Courtney drove around with Bella and Gigi Hadid's dad. Buckle in, baby. Well, 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 episode six, part two, episode seven, we're back with our sis, Courtney, also known as At Great Things I Bought, also known as Courtney Grow. Hello, Courtney. Hello, Chan. Are we plugging both of her Instagram handles? Like, I don't plug all four of my Instagram handles. I was just saying her first and last name, which also okay. happened to be her Instagram <laughs> handle. I'm wow. just saying, I'm like, I could plug at Zebra Undies for Joe Jonas. I could plug at Chan Cutery. Courtney, just so you know, there's going to be minimal plugging. You know what? That's okay. I'll be okay with it. I think she can handle the lack of publicity from our, you know, 400 (laughs) followers. I'm offended you didn't want to give it to me, but... We could give you perhaps six new followers. Would that be groundbreaking for you? How much money is that worth to you? You know what? The other family support I got was when mom called it Great Things I Return. So as long as you guys aren't saying that, I feel just fine with it. Oh my gosh. Actually, speaking of returns can I ask you a dark question let's just get in I as a woman myself Lauren Bledsoe plugging my own Instagram Chandler I feel like I get just as much pleasure out of returning as I do buying like I love the thrill of a return taking it to UPS sending it back and watching that Shopify notification that the money's coming back to my account it's like oh give it to me really I have to disagree really Yeah, I feel so sad when something that I like really pined for doesn't work out. It's a little bit like a breakup. Who doesn't love getting their money back? But I always feel like it feels like a breakup, especially if it's like something I'm super excited about. It's just like it. It's like a little bit disappointing. How much would you say you you return? Like, what's your return to keep ratio? You can imagine something honestly not looking good on you. So yeah, right. No, I try to buy a lot and return a lot. Like I'm fully committed to the return process. And like, I I don't understand why people hesitate to spend the money to buy two sizes in something and to like, just see which one fits. Like, I feel like people are really torn about like putting 260 on their card versus like the 130 that they need. Mm -hmm. Granted, I'm using a credit card, so I don't really pay for anything for a month anyway. So it feels easier for me. But I feel like that's like one of my other things I tell people is just like, just order what you want to try on, like create a virtual dressing room. I mean, I do the exact same thing. I will order two grand worth of stuff and I will maybe keep $200 worth. And I will do this probably every month or so. Not every month, but I would say every other month I might do a little haul and then return most of it. But I just want to try it on. And I do wonder like what the impact of that is on the, the places I buy from. Like I do wonder, is this good for them? They let me do it or is this bad for them? I think it's fine. I mean, I think they'd rather have you shopping and making returns than not shopping at all. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. Although I will, 
I will say that I have a special relationship with the UPS people. I do a lot of Amazon returning and I'm waiting for the the email from Jeff Bezos about how out of control my returns <laughs> on Amazon are. I never used to until I realized how easy it was. You can literally just take the thing itself. They'll scan a QR code on your phone. You don't have to bring any packages. And I do so much Amazon returning that I go to two different UPS stores and all the employees at both know my name and are annoyed at me. So what do you buy? I return a lot of books in the moment. I think I'm going to read it. I never do. And anyway, Chandler, are you? Oh, if you're a person who returns a lot of books, that seems pretty shady. I return a lot of books. I don't even read them. I just buy them and then I return them because I know I'm not going to read them when they finally get here. I've returned the book about making good habits now twice. Um, atomic habits you are surprised atomic I mean, habits. I'm surprised why you get atomic habits you've returned oh, multiple returned times that twice <laughs> lauren i'm wow. sorry i'm on team ups here team UPS also. I, I remember a certain return that i made lauren i would say was an accomplice in this return i was dating someone who was going to give me his old couch he was actually in the process of building himself a couch at the time that would prove to be more uncomfortable than the couch he had bought from ikea but that's beside the point. The day I went to go pick up the couch from his apartment in Salt Lake, it was supposed to rain. And I was pretty broke at this point, hence me, you know, getting a couch from my boyfriend. And I decided I needed to go to Walmart to get a tarp. And tarps were a lot more expensive than I anticipated. So I bought... How much was the tarp? The tarp was like $55 because it was pretty massive. It had to fit so- over... Basically 50% of your net worth at the time. Definitely. I probably had to do some sort of like Venmo cash out in order to just get the capital for the tarp. And I also had to borrow Wyatt's truck, which I had to put gas in. So, you know, it was just like, it was going to be an expensive outing for me to buy, to get this uh, used couch. This free couch. Okay. And this free couch. (laughs) Anyways, I thought to myself, as I was buying this tarp, I thought I'm going to return this. And The funny thing about when you make a return is that you typically have to, you know, give some sort of reason, but with a tarp, I don't know if it wasn't defective, like what reason you would give for returning a tarp. So I got, I got the couch. I used the tarp. It was great. And then I went back to Walmart the very next day and I returned the tarp. (laughs) I remember Chandler walking into Walmart with you and being like, so what are you going to say? How are you going to try to return this? (laughs) Because... Like, it wasn't defective. There was nothing wrong with it. So I thought... And you fully used it, so... And I fully used it, so it wasn't that I didn't need it. The excuse I went with was, I thought this was was pretty airtight. I basically said to them, yeah, it just wasn't what I expected. (laughs) (laughs) That seriously will go down in the Hall of Fame, Chandler, as one of your cheapest moments ever. (laughs) Cheapest moments of all time. I remember walking up with her, actually, and I said, how are you going to try to return this? Like, what are you going to do? And she was, like, so casual about it. She's like, I'm just going to tell them it's not what I expected. It didn't, it wasn't what I expected. (laughs) I mean, how do you argue with that? Like, it was genius semantics. So, anyways, we're all pretty cheap hoes. I just want to say really quick, 10 seconds or less, Chandler, that is the most you thing ever. Like, it's just like asking for the doggy bag at Judy Grows. Like, you, when your boyfriend's building a couch, I can just watch your face, like, kind of looking around at the couch you're sitting on. And <laughs> be like, so, what are you going to do with this thing? You're like a kid who sees candy and just says, I think candy's delicious. <laughs> 
Totally. It just waits for the mom to offer got a, it. Got a case of the gimmies. Do you wear case this sweatshirt much? Do you actually use this? Like, do you think you're going to use this couch once you built that new one? I think everyone is viable. I, Chandler I, goes through my closet, and that's typically her MO. She's like, I'm sorry. This? Does this still I'm, fit you? Is that's my favorite one. Is too much space in your closet right now? Yeah, I'm wow. willing to purchase at a very low price. <laughs> but you know what, Lauren? You benefited from that couch because it came into our apartment, so... Look at that. Came full circle. Full circle. Should we dig into Courtney's fashion tip? Okay, let's keep chatting. Okay, so Courtney, I want to dig into more of your fashion philosophy, your everyday strategies. How do you pick an outfit if it's just a normal day? Are you always fancy? Is there always a puff sleeve? Is there always a ribbon somewhere? How do you pull off a more elevated look in an everyday environment? Getting dressed for me is like reading a book. Like I'm just going to read what interests me. And like right now I'm recording this podcast. I'm literally wearing tennis shoes, workout pants, and a sweatshirt. Like I just don't always get dressed up. I'm not always fancy. And I think that like most of the time I have like on a pretty dress and like literally no makeup and not no makeup in like a way that like, I think I look really good with no makeup, like no makeup because I just don't have time and I'm not going to like sacrifice the whole look. Literally almost always have my hair either in a ponytail or a low bun. And I like almost rarely have time for more makeup than like some dark circle concealer because my dark circles are truly tragic i'm rarely wearing ringlet curls full face of makeup nice dress and a pair of heels like for me i like choose two it's like makeup and dress and a pair of like cutish sandals or i'm wearing like nice makeup and jeans and a t-shirt like i just kind of always strive for balance i think that's a really interesting point so the idea is if you want to pull off a more like editorial or a little bit of a more formal look but you want it to pass in a casual environment to like you know to do your hair in a really casual way and to have really minimal makeup if any at all and just play down other parts i think i'm so over the kylie jenner like look right now especially like i would rather look tired than fake that makes the idea of dressing well approachable for me, at least. Like, if I have a bad hair day, I sometimes like will just scrap the idea of even looking or feeling cute. I'll just end up wearing PE shorts and a third eye blind T-shirt. But if I just decide that it's a bad hair day, I'm just gonna put my hair back, but still look cute. Someone asked me, "How do you wear these things like around your kids?" And like to me, it's like a silent revolt against like being just like notoriously or exclusively known as a mother. Like my clothes to me, like even if I have to wash them, dry clean them, sometimes occasionally they do get ruined with my kids. Like it's still to me my like way that I maintain like some sort of identity as an adult. Yeah. And I like love my kids and like truthfully, Mm -hmm. like people are always so afraid of wearing their nice clothes, but like I would rather have something get ruined than never worn. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Okay. I love that. I feel like renewed and refreshed by this soliloquy. Thank you. You mentioned Kylie Jenner. How how do you feel about her fashion and her like makeup style? Any of it your vibe? Have you ever bought a Kylie lip kit? Yes, I have actually. I bought, what color was it? I think it was Kirsten. It was like a reddish orangey color. I actually really like it. I could not be like more respectful of what Kylie Jenner has done, but like my aesthetic and her aesthetic is just not, they're like, they're just like 
cousins who don't understand each other, I guess is how I would say it. I'm glad that like, it seems like maybe the filler trend is like on the decline for people, at least at like of my age. And I am 33 and I just kind of feel like people are like taking a beat before they, you know, kind of change the shape of their features. Yeah, definitely. I didn't know that that trend was on the decline. I actually think Gwyneth Paltrow really is kind of like hearkening a more natural aging look. One of the questions I get the most is about lip filler. People are always like, do you fill your lips? Are your lips filled? And I don't by any means have Angelina Jolie lips that like look super filled, I don't think. But I am so shocked by how fascinated people are with lip fillers. I think that you can do so much with like makeup and lipstick that like it's really worth exploring that avenue. Because unfortunately, when your lips look fake, everything else, Mm -hmm. people are like, is that real? Well, wow, is that real? And you like- aren't getting credit for like all the other parts of your face that like are just naturally beautiful yeah I've seen I've seen friends get lip filler and they get a little subtle amount and it actually is pretty gorgeous but that that's very few and far between generally everyone else I've seen who gets lip filler it just ages them so much and not and and it just doesn't look good am I yeah I just have rarely seen people hold back with lip filler Totally. And I think well, when you exercise restraint, that's when it's, and it looks natural. Yeah. And if you notice it, that's bad. Yep. I don't know if you guys know this, but filler, they say it, it goes away, but it actually doesn't. It just moves in your face. And generally, like, it'll stay there for a really long time, like 10 years. And so that's why a lot of times people, they get that kind of shelf look between their nose and their lip because the filler has migrated up, like, out of their mm-hmm. lips into that just gotta chill down my spine wow court talk to us about like how you feel about housewife style because i feel like i've seen that shelf look on a lot of housewives so like okay for example how do you feel about dorit oh my gosh dorit where do you even begin with somebody like dorit her accents her outfits i truthfully in my gut kind of find dorit fabulous i don't know that she's like a person who i'd want to like be like forced to deal with on a daily basis but But i just style wise Style-wise, she's, like, the definition of a person who's having fun with it. Like, I would never wear, like, a head full of hair clips. But, like, whatever. Like, good for her. Yeah. She has no shame in, like, trying out a new look, which I really respect. It's something I'd like to, you know, have more of myself. She's fully committed to camp, and that is something I really appreciate. Fully committed to what? Like, a campy aesthetic. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's very unique. So, okay, so another person who I think very much so has, like, a uniform, Mm -hmm. Lisa Vanderpump. How do you feel about her style? Oh, my gosh. I actually always have thought Lisa Vanderpump was so gorgeous. Like, her face, her body, like, everything about her just was, like, so, like, sensual and pretty. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I just – I think she dresses – like, I don't want to dress like her, but I don't – I have no problems with how she dresses. Yeah. It's, like, very fair. I honestly really think that like if there's one if there's one housewife I would redress it'd be Lisa Vanderpump like that would be the housewife I would completely okay. redo their look. How would How you, would you dress her? I would take off any sort of fuchsia or magenta hue like on her face like makeup wise she would go to like a very Charlotte Tilbury English rose look. Yeah, like that would be the max amount of makeup, and it would always be. Extremely natural neutrals, and then mm-hmm. I would just put her in just way more relaxed, 
like linen and chambray and just more of a like a a coastal Santa Barbara stepmom gardening. <laughs> she basically will need to look like the female Dennis Quaid in Parent Trap as uh-huh. what I'm the kind of the picture yeah. you're painting for me. Just and like she, at ease. Because I feel like if she was in more, just a more relaxed, like Tuscan painter vibe look, she just would. Tuscan painter like, vibe look. I mean, Lauren, she doesn't own like, you know, a Toscano grill. She owns Sir and <laughs> hey, can we talk about. Hold on. We need to talk about how Dorit is opening a Buca de <gasps> Beppo. That is what we need to talk about right now. Wait, I was so confused at her Instagram. Like it made it sound, seem like she owned it. No, she owns one. She's decorating she a room. Yes, in one. Look, some of my worst family reunion memories have been at a book at a Peppo, and that doesn't step up from the Golden Corral that we usually go to. This gives so much credence to their lawsuit rumors that somehow she is being blackmailed into decorating a room at Buca de Beppo. She couldn't even get Cheesecake Factory. She is decorating rooms at Buca de Beppo. Like, have you guys seen the press photos? Also, no. are you saying it? Is, is that the way you actually say it? Have I met Buca de Peppo? Her tagline, totally her tagline is, I won't settle for anything less than luxury. <laughs> <laughs> And she, like, do you think they're, like, giving her a choice? Like, do you want, like, the laminated red check tablecloth? Or, like, are we doing painted ivy on the walls? Come look at, come look at swatches of, like, fake Italian memorabilia we can put on the wall. We got the, we got the clear out of the Mimi's Cafe uh, merchandise. We'd like you to come style this. Come down right away. Or Beverly Hills Bucata Beppo. I didn't even know there was a a location in, in Los Angeles or in Air. you know West Hollywood. Wow. Bless Erica Jane's heart for saying she loves oh. their chicken farm. I love that. That was such a great, like, you know, I'll give you this. That's moment. how you know Erica Jane is a girl's girl because she knew this was gonna be on national television yep. and she had every right to be like, huh? She didn't <laughs> I've never, heard of, never heard of Buca de Beppo. Oh Do okay, we- so I only saw the Instagram post. I'm behind on the show. That's so interesting. So it's actually featured on the show. Yes. Yes. Like Dorit talked about it and and Erica doesn't miss a beat. And she's like, oh, I love their chicken parm. (laughs) That's incredible. Okay. So moving on from Dorit and Lisa Vanderpump, which housewife would you want to pillage their closet? And which housewife would you want to maybe burn down all of their clothing? Honestly, bless her heart, but Kyle Richards' taste to me is so unfortunate. Like, so I just can't do it. Her fashion line to me was truly tragic. I just can't. I, the caftans, the tiger prints, like, and her sweet, like, I think you guys touched on this, like when Mauricio, Mauricio is the ultimate stoned validator. Like, he is <laughs> high every episode and just telling Kyle 100%. 100%. Yeah. Uh, he he loves to say 100% and I'm there 100%. for it. 100%. He always says that to her. He seems adorable like in terms of like a husband. He has terrible taste in clothing. I will say that. <laughs> oh, so I, I would burn down Kyle's. I think I would is it like any housewife ever. Yeah. Who is like your who would you Honestly, just love to pillage their closet? <sighs> I might say Dorit. Okay. She just seems to have, she's a little bit like more of a risk taker than I am, but I think her 
wardrobe seems so fun. Yeah. Like she always has the look down to her hair, like her hairstyle. Every, every ounce of it is just fully like Barbie. She's just like workout Barbie. Like she wanted to be. She's definitely barbecue it's, Barbie. Head to toe. It's a cohesive concept. And I think she has the most interesting pieces like in her collection. I mean, yeah. if you go to like Bethany Frankel's closet, you're just going to see a lot of like skinny girl red. Blech. Yeah. You know, I mean, Carol had some cool stuff. I think that if you were going to pillage a closet, and I think you would find the most pieces you would actually fall in love with at in Tinsley's closet. Really? She's like a Zimmer. She's a Zimmerman wear all day. I think on some level, like if you put those clothes on someone else, like on, like they would look amazing. I, she doesn't really pull them off. I think she's a classic example of your earlier comment which is that you can't do everything yep. you can't have full glam full ring and the puff sleeves it's like you gotta balance it and the hair extensions and the lash extensions mm-hmm. and like the three inch long earrings and like there's just yeah i just think tinsley is too a little too southern bell for me i i, I like i really do love to dress feminine but i love an edge like i love an edgy yeah piece. And I feel like Tinsley's never, never totally to me. Totally. Okay. But I do feel like style-wise, like, I'm actually not even disappointed at all in Denise Richards' style. Like, I feel like Denise Richards is so incredible to me. But, like, she just can do no wrong. Like, I feel I am, like she just does not BS anyone. I am yeah. loving her. She is a fantastic When guy. she said, you know what? I, how I celebrate uh, wrapping an episode or whatever, I make dinner for my kids and then I memorize my lines for the next week. Like, like you, old and beautiful or whatever her show is. That was so relatable. Wait, what is she, what show does she have? Lauren, I think just because you're not caught up on this last episode, that's why this, this, she says all of this in this past episode, but basically but Kyle she says, have a show? Kyle's like, I just wrapped my movie. Yeah, look it up. So Kyle says, I just wrapped my movie and I, you know, I want to go do a getaway in Santa Barbara. And then Denise's interview, she goes, you know how I celebrate finishing my TV show, Bold and Beautiful? I make dinner for my kids and I memorize my lines for the next week. It's just like perfect. She's amazing. Lauren, who's your favorite style? Oh, my favorite style? Um, gosh, I'm not prepared at all with an answer to this. Chan, you can go ahead if you, if you can think of an answer yeah I was trying to I kind of like Leah you guys I'm not like I'm not down for like the mesh bucket hat but like that little Kim dress I was so into I don't know she just has I can see that for you she's just a little bit more cash but cool and that's what I'm into that's definitely your vibe okay I've got another question oh my favorite for sure is Heather Dubrow wow (laughs) okay bold statement Wow, that is a lot. I think Heather Dubrow has, not like, has oh, great style. I think Heather Dubrow has great style. I don't think that I'm not that wasn't a dig at all. But it's interesting that none of us brought up Orange County Housewives until you. So speak to that, please. Well, I was honestly going through my mind, going through New York and everything, and then I just I feel like Heather Dubrow, even though her style is very much like business casual, it's way too business casual for me. Mm-hmm. It's way too like you know, dark club Monaco for me. It's not what I would wear. She's but black I think, white market. hundred percent. Yes. But I don't know. I think she just, I just think she always looks the best. Like she's always the best combination of sexy, but also like covered enough and isn't so 
like exposed. I don't know. I just think she always look, looks great. Yeah. I could do with a lot less tit from the housewives. I'm just going to say it. A lot less what? I missed it. I could do with a lot less cleavage from the ladies on our uh, yeah, dear housewives. I, here's one thing, one trend I'll speak to that's out cleavage. I just am not into like looks that are like all about the boobs. I think it's like the, I think it's just poor taste to me. I'd rather see legs, arms, shoulders, mm-hmm. collarbones, like anything but your boobs. Put, put your boobs away. Anything. I honestly feel like boobs are somewhat. Like boobs aren't boo obviously men will love boobs till the end of time, but from a fashion perspective, they're just kinda out. Like having small tits, I would say, is definitely the style these days. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Yeah, interesting. Oh, so Lauren, okay, speaking of Heather Dubrow, I have had a renaissance with Heather Dubrow. Lauren and I go back and forth. We're basically always on opposite pages when it comes to Heather Dubrow. Lauren is currently I don't know, do you still follow her on Instagram? You're not listening to her podcast, right? Well, we, we did fully do a takedown of Heather Dubrow and her hand sanitizer stuff. Oh, oh that's right. This this conversation is completely aside. Like, yes, we did the oh. takedown, but we have very we complicated did. relationships. Yes. Uh, I will just be honest, the listeners, I did we did lightly cancel Heather Dubrow a few episodes back, but I've since uh, re-followed her on Instagram. We're ready um, to bring her back. <laughs> she's someone I just, I follow because their life is just, like, berserk to me. Like, the way she talks, the way she lives, like just her sun up to sundown, you know, situation is really interesting to me. I like seeing what she's cooking for Terry in that massive kitchen that's basically, you know, twice the size of my current apartment. I just, I like to see it. It's kind of stupid. Okay, well, I just, I just texted you both a photo. I do follow Heather Dubrow. Not only that, but I screenshotted her, te- her story this morning because if you look behind her in the story, you're gonna look at what, what you would think would be like a, I don't know, uh, a palace. Oh, yes, okay. Or like a Tuscan Lord. palace hotel is actually her home. Like the huge all. Okay, so the. The picture is a picture of Heather, and then behind her, you can see that there's this, like, the, I don't, Chandler, can you explain? She yeah, so she basically, Lauren, I've, I've had the exact same thought. So Heather often takes her stories from, like, the second floor of her balcony courtyard that looks more like Pilate's Palace or something from biblical times. It's got <laughs> a Roman feel to it. There's an olive, a large, fully grown olive tree in the center. If you were married to the Prince of Egypt... This is what you're, this is, this is what say, you'd be living in. Yeah. Or like a Roman emperor. I, that yes. said, stunning. Like I would love to live in that house. Oh, I think it's gorgeous. I think really? it's honestly a very cool mixture of, yeah. Like it's like, this is like old world timeless beauty with an olive tree, with a huge olive tree. And then there's like a really modern rad kitchen and backyard. I think it's stunning. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I did not like her house at all. And that's all I'll say. Courtney. I feel like everyone on Real Housewives has a gray inside to their house. Yes, like, it's no so color. dark. It's all gray. It like I'm just not into it. But what I, I say that I do not have a house that is worthy of reality TV at all. <laughs> Garcelle's house and my house are about on par, so I can't be too judgmental. Yeah, I'm gonna be renting for like probably the next twenty years. So let's just move forward. Actually, though, Courtney, who, which housewife has your favorite house? Oh, ah. Uh, I mean, Kyle's house now. Yeah. How about Mauricio's lawsuit just getting settled? I don't know what the lawsuit's about. The lawsuit, supposedly, he sold, he had a listing for a house 
that wasn't selling and or he claimed it wasn't selling but he's like but my the firm i don't know if you guys have heard of the firm they have these cool hats the agency Um, the agency the the firm is a movie with tom cruise that i also love sorry (laughs) great john grisham novel the firm love that um the agency so the agency said well we'll buy your house for the listing price so it was like 33 million or something. They bought the house. There was even like a party there, I think, for our Real Housewives. And then the agency turned around and sold it for $50 million. And so the original owner was just like, this doesn't smell, like doesn't sit right with me. And so he sued Mauricio. Really? Okay, so but, but why, I don't understand like what he did wrong. Do you know any like more tea about whether or not it was illegitimate like they're speculating that like if i mean if you are someone's listing agent you're like supposed to have their best interest in mind not your own yeah and so like clearly if he saw potential in it and sold it for 50 million dollars like he could have gotten that price for the actual owner of the house interesting yeah yeah that's super juicy and totally sketchy um i will say though i just want to amend my heather dubrow statement i or that that house comment. I think that house is like so stunning. Uh, of course, if I had carte blanche money, it's not exactly what I would build whatsoever. But I think I just I evaluate things like based on whether they're pretty at all, not whether they're like my exact taste. For yeah. sure. I mean, I I'm not gonna say it's ugly. It's just like she did this in huge. She did this huge like video series about like come inside of her house and, and if you remember on the show she didn't really like to talk about her house like she didn't really show it there's just like a ton a ton of buildup for like the mall as it was like referred to and basically I was just like kind of let down because it was just not my like my choice it wouldn't I would not yeah, it's not your it with, like, as much like dark color and same, like same. marble it's not even yeah no no it's not even close to my taste I think or anyone on this on this pod's you know who I think Maybe who would like it? Who's a close personal friend of mine? Who? Who also has a giant house? In the, not Muhammad Hadid, who I know personally. <laughs> Wait, Wait, do you want to talk story, about that story? True story to the listeners of this podcast. Me and two friends were eating at Il Pasteo, and he, Muhammad Hadid, was eating pasta with none other than David Foster. Two of them on a lunch date, common ex-wife. Okay. It's incredible. Mohammed Hadid leaves leaves the restaurant and me and my friends are walking around later and he is in this like vintage, vintage beautiful car. And he sees us and he asks us if we want to go for a ride. Then he drove us down Sunset Boulevard in his car. And it was a crowning oh. moment of my life. Oh my gosh. My husband knows this whole story. There's nothing nothing happened. I remember when this went down, I was like 24 and I was waiting tables at communal in Provo. And I remember you were texting me that this was happening. Like you sent a pic and I literally said to my one table, I said, I'm so sorry. I've been so inattentive tonight, but I just had to tell you guys, my sister rode in the (laughs) car with Gigi Hadid's dad tonight. And I just, my mind has been elsewhere. It was a fun weekend at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And honestly, maybe the podcast needs to see that picture. Maybe I'll make sure that. Yeah. Yes, please. Can you surface, resurface that picture, please? I mean, it's um, just my favorites. NBD. Okay. So guys, yes. some, some news in the celebrity world this week. Mary Kate Olsen, a divorce from her 
older French husband. Isn't that insane? I mean, it's not that insane, but also just wild. Can I tell you guys a funny tidbit I I was reading about when I was reading about their divorce? Please. Apparently when he was courting her, they would go on all these like adventures together, including, it said, including dates at Nobu at midnight, dinner at Nobu at midnight, or horseback riding at midnight. And my initial reaction to that was how exotic and how cool, like what a thrill. But then my next thing was like, gosh, that sounds so late. Like I'd be so tired. Like why couldn't we just have dinner at like six? Like why can't we go horseback riding when the sun is setting? Oh, I can't imagine having to wait up to go to do those activities. Nothing sounds worse. Yeah. I would just like to say that my preferred date like experience is like a late dinner and then promptly going to bed on a grateful stomach so no thank you I don't want to wait up for horseback riding totally no? like I want to have dinner at 6 30 also the poor Nobu staff that has to sit up and like wait on these freaks Mm-mm. you guys Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen are so amazing to me still like I don't think they'll ever lose their luster why do you I love feel, them so much? I, I, I know why Courtney loves them so much, I will say. Why? because they're high fashion mm-hmm. and they have an, an air of exclusivity. And so there's like something about them that's unreachable. And I think, Courtney, you like things that are very aspirational. I mean, who doesn't, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it's true. I follow Heather DeBrow. Yeah. I mean, do you yeah, guys not, to- totally. Do you guys aren't Mary-Kate and Ashley fans? I, I am kind of bored by them. I like, I want more from a celebrity. And so yeah. they don't. I think it's yeah. like a generational thing. Like you guys are used to like almost total access to your celebrities. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm a little bit older than you. And I like have less access. I've had less access to like people I've worshipped for a long time. Yeah, speaking of true. people, Speaking of people you've worshipped for a long time, Prince William, the royal family. I think you're our official royal correspondent. I really thought I would marry Prince William for a minute there. <sighs> I, I thought you did too. Honestly, mom got you that fake signed poster from eBay. I thought, like, it was happening. Uh, but how do you feel about current royals, like, the current royal state? I feel like it's kind of in shambles. It's a little depressing. It's a little sad. It's just, yeah. I feel like William cheating was really a heartbreaking, like, uh, moment for me. It was a sucker punch. For so sure. sad. So sad. And I also, I, okay, this is, I guess, less of something to disapprove of, but I thought it was strange that a family of three, Harry and Meghan and Archie, that they decided to get, like, a huge, basically, palace. Like, their house is, I don't know, there's, like, 70 bedrooms or something. 70? Like, it doesn't make... Let me, let me look it up. But their new house is crazy huge. It doesn't make any sense to me. Also, really. it's, like, it's... It's okay. This yeah. is funny. So they actually bought Tyler Perry's old home. I don't know if I shared this on the last pod, but anyways, it's funny because Lee, uh, shout out Lee BFF, him and I went on like an open, to- an open bus tour of Hollywood when like when we first both first moved to LA as kind of a joke, and we went in this janky twelve passenger van that basically had the roof shaved off, <laughs> and <laughs> we got picked up on. Holly on Santa Monica Boulevard in like North Hollywood. It was pretty sketch, but like basically the tour was a huge letdown because like the most exciting celebrities' house that we actually got to see was like John Stamos's house, and then like all the <laughs> other ones were like Tyler Perry almost moved into this house on your left. 
and it was like kind of like four excruciating hours but I'm di- I am happy I did it with Lee because I love him so much but so anyways I, I feel like shout I, I did Lee. shout out to Lee I did see I think the house that they maybe moved in or I saw a house that he thought he was going to move into but I don't know I don't know that I was like super impressed with it but once again I'm a renter and okay so living with my parents 18, currently it's a 12 bedroom mansion so not 70 fake news <laughs> worth 18 million which is hilarious because it's worth a third of the house kylie jenner it lives in oh wow british royalty cannot afford to live like kylie jenner no. you heard that here first not even wow. close that's a real bad deck. honestly oh man okay what else is there anything else we want to talk about well, did anyone have, did you guys have any t- hot takes on the Mary Kate divorce that you want to get out? Well, I think that it's like the age difference is like going to be very difficult. And I, and I read an article that like credited her aloofness to part of like why they're splitting. Really? I read that, I read an article that said the same thing, but I, my personal belief is that my personal belief is a guy does not break up with a girl that dramatically and that seriously and evict her from their home in a national pandemic if there isn't another hoe on the line that wants her out another That's ship in the harbor 100 percent. that guy found some something else like he's a french mega mega wealthy guy there's just no there's no chance that they just broke up because she's a little aloof yeah. that's my prediction it's gonna come out that he's dating someone in six weeks or she is I'm not going to say yeah. rule out that she is. I, I mean, she is somebody who is worth like $500 million and has like, I think like everything at her fingertips. So she's I mean, worth- no, there's no way she's worth that much. Yes. I looked it up guys. What? No. From well, like- only because of her house? connection to him then. I, only that might because be of her behind Mary Kate and Ashley. But yeah, she's are- worth. They have a combined net worth of a hundred million. Her and Ashley. Wow. Yeah. Um, I guess like article I wrote had it wrong. I well, I mean, who that. knows what what article is right? So the net worth the Empire is worth one billion dollars. Wow. The what Empire? The Olsen Twins Empire. Is that like from interesting? Shows? No. Like from- Hello, have you guys ever heard of the Row? I didn't even know people they like bought Row? that brand. Chandler. Wait, I know. Like, there's the Row. I mean. I know they had like their clothing line, but I was—I thought I didn't know it was called the Row. I thought it was like Elizabeth and James or something like that. Yeah, they have Elizabeth and James and the Row. Oh, I don't know anything about the Row. And like the Row is like popular and spectacular. Really? Okay. Okay, this is good to know. Learning. The Row—is it a clothing brand? Because on Instagram, it just looks like a like an art tumbler. You guys, it's yes, a clothing line. This it's is why she's one. great. This is why she's great things like a bot. This is where your fashion expertise is really coming in handy, mm-hmm. sis. It's shining. No, the row like has incredible pieces and they are expensive. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Like to be honest, now that Barney's is closed, I'm not sure where they're selling them. They have these. Oh, wow. Shoot. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have gotten on my computer to online shop while recording a podcast. Found a few things I like, but they have gorgeous pieces. Gorgeous. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and they're all, it's all quite expensive. I did find a a legging for $450, so that might be the first thing I can afford for them. Very expensive. A nice little jigging. Fun. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Court, we know you have to go because you have 
uh, two and twins and a <laughs> husband and a mortgage and those sorts of things. But if you could leave us with some parting advice, you know, maybe like what I really want to get out of this situation is there's one thing you could upgrade me or upgrade in my closet for me. Like, what would it be? What would you like to see me improve upon in my fashion life in the (sighs) kindest way possible? In the kindest way possible. No, Chandler, I think you dress amazing. And I always like, I feel like you and I have like a common, like we like very like our overlap is like in a streetwear style or like athletic clothes. And I love showing you like new sporty things that I find. Cause I always feel like you will appreciate them. Oh, and Lauren, we just love it. We love to look like a farmer. We'd love to look like a girl on a farm who just like maybe went out and got some fresh lettuce for her salad. And like, that's what you're eating right now. And so I wouldn't change anything about Lauren either. Sis, love you. Thank you. Love you. Thanks for coming on the pod. Anytime. You're the best. I'll be back soon. Hopefully. Yes. Woo. We'll see. Okay. Bye guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. So Chan, now that we've bid adieu to our dear and beloved Courtney, should we read out some reviews before we bid adieu to our beautiful and beloved and dear listeners? Yes. That description maybe made them sound like they were dead, but (laughs) I think they're very much alive. If you read these reviews, it's Elvira say goodnight for the week, babies. Not for, (laughs) not forever. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. So I am happy to do the first one. Please do. I just need to pull them up. (laughs) Not prepared. Okay. So we are at a shocking 47 ratings and there's probably about 10 people who've actually written reviews. We've got 16, 16 reviews, 16 blessed souls wrote reviews. What's hilarious though about our reviews is that like most of them are five stars and it looks like there's one four star mm-hmm. and two one star reviews. Wait, it just says one one star. We have two one stars? I'm just looking at the bar. The bar looks like it's longer at the bottom. No, I mean, it. there's a numeric value next to mine and it only says one. You just took years off my life by saying we got another one star review. Should we guess who did the one star review? It's an X, right? Yeah, it has to be an X. There's no way someone would give this pod one star. Like, we're the new Ira Glasses. Come on. Lauren, which one of your ex-boyfriends is most likely to leave a one-star review for you? Okay. I'm honestly only on one on bad terms with one of my exes, but I don't know. I wish them all the best. Wow. Very Switzerland of you. I know exactly who it is if it's from my haters. And that person will remain blocked until the end of time. So there you go. Wait, can we dig into this a little bit? Do you block exes on Instagram? I blocked this particular ex for good because it was an especially brutal breakup for the two of us. You blocked him? Yeah. He's been blocked for like a couple of years. He has to log out of his Instagram on his Safari or Google Chrome and then look at your Instagram to stalk you. Yeah. That's how that oh, works. Yeah. He's definitely having to use like several different browsers to peep at Chancutery. Oh, you know he is. Oh, wait, but you've been private. So I actually just went public. This is not interesting. Sorry, listener. This is not that interesting. Okay, can I I tell you a theory I have? What? So this is like not reviews. Sorry, people. We'll get to it. But I'm just going to say my theory is that when people go public after a breakup, a lot of times people have private Instagram accounts during their relationships. I'm a person, my Instagram has always been public. I'm not on the private train. I think that we can dissect that later in another episode. But I think that when people go public after a breakup, 
It's because they want their ex to be able to stalk them and see how happy they are without them. 1,000, 1 million percent. But I do think that sometimes, like for me, I went private initially after a bigger breakup because there was like a big part of me that was like, you don't get access to my life anymore. We have parted ways and we will stay parted for a long time because this was a very sad goodbye. And I didn't really want to leave the door even like at all open. There's a very prideful part of me that's like, once we're done, you don't get to have access to like see what my life is like or see what I'm up to or how I'm succeeding. You don't get access to it anymore. Interesting. See, I personally think that going private after a breakup, it shows maturity because it says Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be flashy about my life. I don't care if you know what's going on with me. I really am done with you. It's the people who go public after that are really, I think it it shows a certain level of pettiness. So. Okay, well, enough about exes. We are currently in love with these reviews. So let's get to it. Love it. Okay, so the first one is by Madison Emily. I do know Madison. She's a really like, gorgeous climber girl who I thought was still living in Utah, but we recently connected on the DMs. And she's an SF, actually, Chan. You should be friends with her. She's oh, no really, way. Yeah, she's really, really smart, really thoughtful. She's a huge reader. When I met her in Salt Lake, she had like a book club and she was just really cool. And I actually photographed her a few times when I was in my photography phase of life. So anyway, I just adore Madison and wish we had connected more when I lived in Utah because she's seriously chance someone worth like really being friends with. Yes, love it. I cannot wait to become better friends with you than Lauren. I mean, I hope that happens because she is honestly fantastic and (laughs) a wanner in my life, even on the peripheral with you. Okay, so her review is titled Chic Snark, and she says, I couldn't speak more highly of this podcast if I were getting paid to do it, and I promise I'm not. She's not listeners. We don't have the cash for that, (laughs) but we're not above it. Lauren and Chandler are snarky, eloquent, and hip as hell. Add a dash of at great things I bought, and I'm a listener for life. Love her. Love her. That's so sweet. I mean, it's so nice. And I just want to say that hip as hell, I don't think that I will ever be called that really ever again. So thank you so much for calling me hip. Yeah, I'm definitely going to savor this moment for sure. Let's just pause. Take a moment of appreciation. Yeah. Beautiful. Woo. Love you, Madison. Okay. The next one is by Extra Aries Life. I don't know this person, but if you do know us, shout us out or DMS because you have a cute little Apple name. But the review is titled With Bated Breath, on par with the anticipation of my latest online order arriving at my doorstep, Wednesday finally means something besides garbage day. I only regret that I didn't discover Pop Apologists 100 episodes deep. I want to binge listen to their banter and pretend that I'm their long lost sister. Wow, that is beyond nice and very fun. I don't know about you, Lauren, but I think she should be adopted. Let's drop the paperwork. You're our new sister. Our dad's a divorce attorney, so this actually should be pretty simple. We're going to fast track this process. If you just send us social security number, birth certificate, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing, let's do it. Fingerprint. Yeah, just send send us all your personal information, a little swap of your DNA, Mm -hmm. and then it shouldn't be a problem. Welcome to the family. Welcome. Lauren, we would be remiss if we didn't mention our sponsor, Mr. Lewis England. Once again, he's brought us to our next episode. He's carried us the wind beneath Pop Apologist's wings. Thank you, Mr. Lewis England. Thank you so much, Mr. England. We truly appreciate your support. Um, Just one quick accounting note, however. I would formally uh, ask that you do not 
report this charitable donation on your 2020 taxes. Because, you know, I while I know you're a professional man, I am an unprofessional woman. I'm actually out of a profession and I'm still hitting that sweet, sweet, fat, juicy unemployment check. So I don't want anything to come between me and the sexy stimulus package. So if you could just keep this contribution on the DL, the pop apologist would truly appreciate it. Love you, Mr. England. Love you, listeners. We'll see you next week. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologist, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books found in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Catherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley and I'm Jennifer Chaikin and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist, but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself.